Welcome to season three and our 200th episode of Dear Found Her today. I'm Lindsay Pinchuk, your host, and it wouldn't be a party if we didn't celebrate. So to kick off the amazing season coming your way, we're doing a giveaway featuring some of my favorite female-founded brands. Now, three winners for season three are going to get prize packages filled with some of my favorite female-founded products from brands including Little Words Project, Pizza Girl, Gloss Lab, Sticker Beans, Jessica's Natural Granola, and more. Here's how you enter to win. Subscribe to the show by clicking the plus sign at the top right-hand corner of our podcast page on Apple Podcasts. Then scroll down and leave a five-star rating and a review. Before you hit submit, take a quick screenshot and then upload your entry to the form at dearfoundher.com slash season three linked in the show notes. You got to make sure to do that because that's how you enter to win. During next Thursday's episode, we'll announce the three winners right here. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being here. Now on to season three and our 200th episode. You've seen them on Taylor Swift at the VMAs and you've seen them at Target and you've seen them within many of the Peloton instructor communities. Today's guest is the founder of Little Words Project. And while she sells wearable affirmations in the form of bracelets, she truly is selling kindness. Motivated by years of being bullied by her classmates, today's guest, founder and CEO of Little Words Project, Adriana Kerrig, started the brand in 2013 in her parents' basement with a dream to create the community she deserved to experience in her own youth. Ten years later, Little Words Project is a multi-million dollar enterprise with a passionate legion of supporters carried by major retailers like Target. The brand's brick-and-mortar locations span cities across the nation, including New York City, Miami, Tampa, Boston, San Francisco, Georgetown, recently opened in Skokie, Illinois, which is in my backyard, with more to come this year. Outside of running a nationally recognized brand, Adriana also serves as the founder and president of Herself Co., a nonprofit organization developed to foster a thriving community of compassionate young women through its confidence curriculum and programming. The group's aim is to enhance the self-worth and general mental wellness of tomorrow's leaders. As a result of Little Words Project's trajectory, among the country's fastest growing direct to consumer brands, Kerrig has been featured in Forbes and recognized as Ernst and Young's Entrepreneur of the Year in 2022 in the state of New Jersey. She is the mom of two adorable little boys, and you'll hear her share today how Little Words Project has become a family affair. Today, I can't wait for you to meet Adriana Kerrig, founder and CEO of Little Words Project. Dear Found Her, I'm your host, Lindsay Pinchuk. At 30 years old, I founded my first company with just $500, building it to reach 3 million people and generate seven figures in revenue for six years straight, all before I sold it. A decade later, I exited with one goal, to support other women in business through their own entrepreneurship journeys. As an entrepreneur, you wear every hat. You burn the midnight oil, and most of all, you pour your heart and soul into everything you do. But there's no blueprint for success. Every week on Dear Founder, you'll get to sit in as I pick the brain of some of my closest female founder contacts. Save yourself time, money, and hassle listening to the lessons of those who have already done it. You'll also have the chance to hear about my own founder journey, how I built my first company, and now how I'm building my second, as I share solo episodes filled with 
actionable lessons and steps that you can apply to your business immediately. Make sure to subscribe now so that we can build our businesses together each and every week. Now, let's get into today's episode. Welcome back to another episode of Dear Founder. I am so excited about today's guest because she made me real cool during carpool yesterday when I told all the girls in my car who I was interviewing. They were so excited. And I am so excited that Adriana Carrig from Little Word Project is here today to share her story, to tell us about her explosive brand and business and how she got into Target, which we're so excited to hear. So welcome, welcome, welcome. Thank you, Lindsay. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for having me. Of course. So as we dive in every single week, I want you to start us off by sharing your amazing story with us. Yeah. So um, Little Words Project was started 10 years ago. It was founded in my parents' basements, like all great you know, beginning stories are. Um, I had created it from um, this need and desire, frankly, to find community and to build community for myself. I had been um, bullied from a very young age and having you know, grown up with that constant negativity thrown at me, I really craved um, a space that I could feel connected to others and just safety in groups of women and, and you know, true, just truly just kindness. I wanted more kindness in the world. And so I created my first batch of bracelets. Um, I passed them out um, to actually my college sorority at the time. And it really became this iconic symbol of sisterhood for us. Um, every bracelet has a different inspirational word on it. And the idea is to wear your word for as long as you need it. As, and, you know, kind of treat yourself with kindness and the kindness that you so deserve by looking down at your wrist through difficult times. And then when you no longer need that word or that inspiration, the idea is to pass it on to someone who needs it more. Um, so it's this really sweet pay it forward concept. And then the best part is every single one has a little gold tag on it. And that gold tag has a code. Um, and that code is unique to that bracelet. So in essence, every bracelet we sell is a one of one. And the idea would be to use that code to connect the bracelet to our website and then our broader community so that when you do pass it along and the next person does the same and so on and so forth, you can see how your single act of kindness has affected people down the line. Um, it's definitely been a labor of love over the past decade, but you know, we went from the basement to we have about 12 retail locations nationwide now. Um, we've got our bracelets, as you mentioned, in 900 Target doors across the country. Um, we've got a really robust D2C business um, and an incredible wholesale channel as well through our um, independent retailers that stock the brand. So yeah, it's been quite the journey. Um, and here we are 10 years and one month later. <laughs> so well, congratulations, first Thank and foremost, you. because I know it what it is like to build a labor of love. And I recently, it must have been in the last week or so, I saw either you or Little Word Project posted a picture of like packing for the holidays back in the days. Like it was like yep. there was something on Instagram. And I I totally... <clears throat> like understood that moment because at Bump Club, I remember we would pack our gift bags in like the basement of my townhouse yep. for our events and my mom would come help me because I was pregnant. Yeah. So as you think back to those early days of holidays in the basement and everyone stringing the bracelets, like I'd love for you to kind of paint the picture for us as to what that looked like and then what holidays looks like now. 
Yeah. Oh my gosh. It was such a, it was such a, it's, it's such a different story. I mean, when I first started, it was like you mentioned, my mom was my manufacturer. Like she was physically taking every bead. And you know, at the time we were buying beads off the shelf and now we have our entire manufacturing process that, you know, it's our own mold. It's our own specific beads. Um, but those beads that we were purchasing, my mom would sit there with like a little marker and fill in any of the, the bleeding lines. Like if it was, if it was like not perfectly black, she would sit there and fill in every single bead, um, and, you know, help me organize them in my little plastic bins. And my dad was my original shipping department in those early, early days. And then as we fast forward to even five years in, I mean, as recently as last year, honestly, we were all like, there was there was always, we always were growing outside of our projection, which is such a good thing in that we always surpassed, uh, you know, our forecast, but it meant that operationally we had to meet the demand. And so that was always difficult to navigate through the the crazy periods, which for us are Christmas and, um, and, uh, Mother's Day. So, you know, yeah, to paint that picture, yes, it's much better in that it's not me physically making every bracelet and packing every single package with my dad um, from the, that very early period. But it is definitely still, you know, it always feels like we're catching up to that growth. Um, I will say, though, this was our first Black Friday. My husband, like, elucidated it for me the other day. This was our first Black Friday in 10 years since that I've not packed a single order. Like I have not touched a single Look order. Look at that. I mean, and that, that is, is something to be proud of. Yeah. Thank you. And it's crazy that it took 10 years to get there, but at the same time, I feel like it was a blink. Right. And now I'm, I, it, it, I didn't even realize because we were still moving in like so quickly on so many other cylinders. So as you have grown, you just talked about meeting demand, right? So how have you kept up with the demand and how have you changed your practices in order to, in order to do so really? Yeah. I mean, you know, I think it's been hiring the right team. I am very lucky to have been able to hire my husband two years ago. Um, actually three now he joined, um, no, still, still under three. My husband's only been with us since early 2021. We had just had our first baby. We were, people were just coming back from COVID. He was about to go back to work at, he was working in, um, finance. He worked at Blackstone, um, in the city. And we were just about to make that life change of going back into work. And we looked at each other and we're like, what are we doing? Like, this was the goal. This was the dream. Why not have you jump ship and join us full time? And, I always say I got my COO on sale because I never could have afforded his caliber um, if it wasn't for the fact that he's my husband. And he dove in and ever since doing so, like all of our like logistics have been buttoned up. All of the things that weren't my strong suit, because I'm really much more of like the, you know, visionary and the the brand ideator and the product innovator. Whereas my husband, Bill brings that, you know, financial kind of organizational, um, you know, operational side of the business. So really bringing him on and then the way he was able to institute, obviously with my help, an entire team and infrastructure and a new fulfillment center. I mean, there was so much that was stood up in just the last two years. So yeah, I say we've been around for 10 but the level of growth and the type of hyperspeed growth we've seen in just the past two and a half to three is really unmatched. When did you know like you had a product that could be mass produced and scaled? Because to your point, I mean, in the beginning, you were hand making bracelets. Like, mm-hmm. you know, you would never be able to 
do that now. I mean, like with your family as a family business and and meet the demand that you have right now. So when did you, what was like the moment? Was there a defined moment? Yeah, I think it's when I realized that there was something to the traceability component, right? So this was something that I was making in my college sorority. So to kind of bring you back to the timeline, I had been making them as kids. Like we all made them as kids, right? They're just friendship bracelets at the end of the day, or at least what the initial concept was for it. Fast forward to college, I was still dealing with negativity from others. I was still feeling like like girl world was such like an icky place. And I wanted to create something that would kind of infringe on that, right? And become just a product that was purely a vehicle for kindness towards one another. And I created that first batch for my college sorority. We, we were passing them amongst ourselves at meetings. Like it was always just this concept of like wear it and then pass it along and make someone feel good when you do so. Once I graduated, I saw the, the chapter was still doing it. They were still making them themselves. They were still passing them along. It was still a, a foundational piece of their sisterhood. And it drove real sisterhood. And it, it made it clear for me that, wow, there is something here to this singular product bringing women together, right? And once I, I honestly, I graduated, I saw they were still doing it. I had one of those like light bulb out of bed moments that you read about where I literally woke up in the middle of the night because I had, it had dawned on me. What if we could put a unique code on every single bracelet and then track them as they move? And that was the X factor for me that took it in my head from this hobby and this cute little accessory that, you know, we could make for sororities to a real business that could be a sisterhood bracelet really for the masses, right? And now since then, we've been, you know, expanded to include everybody who wants to be involved. It doesn't matter how they identify or who they are. It's whether or not they want to wear and spread both self-kindness and outward kindness to others. The genius part about your brand is that you aren't selling a bracelet. You are selling kindness. Correct. We're selling community. We're selling connection. Right, interpersonal. And the bracelet's the vehicle, exactly. And that is amazing because who doesn't want a bracelet, right? But when you think about it, like anyone can make a bracelet. You just said it yourself. But you are selling the community, the connection, and the kindness that surrounds your bracelets. Yeah, and that is what makes your brand so incredibly unique and special. Thank you. Yeah, I think I I wanted to point that out. I appreciate that. And I think you just hit on something important for like anybody starting businesses these days too, is, you know, I started it 10 years ago. And if you think back to the the ether at the time, like this was before a lot of the women's movements that we've seen over the past decade, right? It was before, you know, the Hillary Clinton campaign. It was before the Me Too movement. It was before, you know, all the women's rights things that have been going on in the past few years. Like it's really been at the forefront of the the wave of women supporting women, right? And of, you know, products, and if we just talk about the product landscape, products and, you know, CPG brands having brands or that make them what they are, right? This isn't just a product that we're putting on, you know, it's not just a jewelry company that's selling jewelry. It's a, it's a brand and it's a community and it's about interpersonal connection. And I think, it would behoove anyone who's trying trying to start a business or in the phases of building a business to make sure that they have a hyper focus on their brand and what their brand stands for and who is a part of that community because it makes all the difference. 
I love that you're saying this because is a part of what I teach on a regular basis, both to my clients and in my group mentorship. Like the very first thing we start with is like, who is your community? It's not who's yep. your customer. It's who is your community. And you and I have both built brands around community, community first. Yep. And I always say like your community is your greatest asset. You yep. have to know who it is and bring people into your community and then you can sell to them. Yeah, no, I, I actually, I listened to a talk recently by um, David Meltzer and he had, um, he had said something that really stuck with me, which is, you know, you want to build a community of people that will buy from you and sell for you. And that is what you're doing in, in essence. I mean, yes, you're creating connection and you're giving people at least little words project. Our entire goal is to create interpersonal connection and to give people a chance to relate to one another in a real authentic way that brings about and breeds kindness to one another. But also the product itself is meant for you to feel like you have that confidence to give yourself kindness too, right? And to give yourself all the things that we need to get through difficulty. I say that as I clutch my bracelets to me because they are so personal yeah. and so important to get you through difficulty. But the point is, is that in building that, you don't realize the, the the beautiful byproduct of it is that you're going to walk away with this community of people that love your product so much that they not only want to buy it, but they want to continue to sell it for you. Um, and I think it's, it is what differentiates us from the people who can go out there and make it themselves or the bigger dogs that are now trying to copy us, right? It's like, it was such a simple product though I will say the logistics of it is a lot more complicated than anybody wants to believe. Um, so good luck to all the competitors trying to pick it up out there. But yeah, I think it's what makes us stand out and it's what makes and our authenticity and the organic nature of that growth and that beginning origin story and how it's grown very word of mouth ever since is why I think we're going to stand the test of time. So you just said something, you know, this whole, that whole thing that you just said about your community selling for you you have a brand ambassador program, correct? We do. Yeah. And I want to bring that up because that is another similarity and that you and I have. I also had my my customer, my community sell for me in the sense that at Bump Club, we had events and I ended up bringing in women. We had a group of 20 women who they became our brand ambassadors. They talked about our events. They brought people to our events. They ran our events. It was my greatest yeah. marketing effort. That's you know, and it cost an me nothing. Yeah. But for you, it is smart as well, because yeah. there is nothing greater than someone who subscribes to you and your brand. So can you talk a little bit about that brand ambassador program and what it entails and how it's impacted your business? Yeah. Um, so the brand ambassador program is is awesome. We use a platform called Brand Ambassador. And essentially, you welcome people into the um, program where people can apply and whether or not they have us like, you know, we have certain parameters of what we accept and who we accept because you can't necessarily have it be too many diluted people. It should really feel like true champions of the brand. Um, and they're provided with a code that they can share with their community to, tr to drive online sales. Um, and they really do promote their products, right? So they get the code and through that, they make a commission. That commission is worth a certain amount in points on the website. And you can continue to just fill, almost like fill your little words addiction by being able to just continually buy. And then you're selling at the same time. Um, so it's building up a little like book of business and it's a, a cool, empowering thing for, for women. Um, I believe we do also offer straight commission as well. Um, and that's something net new to the program. Um, but it's just a cool way to, uh, you know, be a part 
part of a community that you love while also spreading the word about it and getting it out there. Um, and that feels really good. It's amazing. And it's so surprising how many people actually want to help. And all you have to do is ask and provide them the tools with which to help you. And it's like, that's and it. And you're you rewarding kind of... your best customers. I yeah. mean, essentially, you know, you're saying thank you to your very best customers, which is amazing. Absolutely. How much effort do you put into paid ads? Um, a significant amount of effort and dollars. And is that new? Sorry. Ish. It's new-ish. I will say in the past three years, again, it's been the firepower past three years, right? Like it's been something that I've always had on in the background. Um, and I have definitely worked with some incredible external companies um, that have gotten us kind of up and running with our um, uh, digital ad space. Um, but I will say that over the past three years specifically, we've put a lot more firepower and energy behind it. Um, and I think with the change of iOS and all of the things, it's not the same like juggernaut that it once was, but it definitely does move the needle for us in a very significant way. And it's something that my husband manages and handles through and through. And we've seen some major, um, we've seen a lot of major growth happen as a result. So prior to the last three years and prior to putting a lot of effort into paid ads, what would you say were the biggest efforts and strategies that moved the needle for you guys in terms yeah. of brand awareness and marketing? Yeah. Social Social media was huge. Um, email marketing has also been really huge over the past decade. I started with newsletters even at, you know, 10 years ago. I started with so with Instagram. I remember at the time, Instagram, I thought was like an editing app for your photos. And I found out that it wasn't because I found out I had followers and I was like editing selfies of myself on there. Um, and people are like, oh, I like your pictures. I'm like, oh my gosh, those are public. So it's, I might be dating myself there, but it really has only been... 10 years on the scene. And so when I first started the brand, I would showcase the behind the scenes of it. And I, you know, all the ins and outs, and it's something I still carry very, you know, I've carried through over the past decade is showing the realness behind building a business. And we have a vlog that I'm actually revamping because this year was a crazy one. And for many reasons that I, I had to neglect that vlog, but we're bringing it back in the, in the new year. And it's really just showing real time, like conversations and issues and things, road bumps we encounter and how do we get past them? And I think bringing people into the folds and being like radically transparent, as I call it, whether that be through social media or just being honest in conversation and, you know, sharing almost a lot is very helpful in developing that community, that brand voice, and then having people feel really connected to you to the point where they want to share, oh, check out what Little Words Project is doing. Like, you'll love that story they just posted. Or did you see that email that had the cute gif or whatever it might be? Um, just, you know, getting your name out there through whatever means possible um, is the name of the game and, and word of mouth will take it from there. Thank you for saying that. I appreciate you saying that because I do think that, you know, for the, for such a long time, we lived in a world where everyone just wanted to be perfect on, on social media. Right. Yeah. And I, I have never showed up like that. I don't think you've ever, I don't think that's been your MO either. No. And, um, and I think though now people are finally seeing that that's really not 
yeah. the name of the game, right? Yeah. Um, but I, but I appreciate you saying that. And it's something that I try to hammer home to this community all the time. Just like, no one gives a shit what you look like. Just show up and share and like, and you will, fi- you will see success. You will yeah. see engagement on the other yeah. end of it. So you will, if anything, to a point, to a fault, right? Like the more I'm open and just share how I feel about something, like sometimes when you stand, when you are so radically transparent and so willing to share yourself and share your story, it can be polarizing and it can be magnetic in both definitions of the word, right? Like if, if you think of a magnet, it really can draw people in, but it can also repel people because there's those people who look at you as this reflection of them. And by your simply showing up in that way, if you, if they are not able to, or they don't feel good to do so, then it's going to make them feel badly. And I think one of the things that Little Words Project is always trying to combat is that, that sense of self-judgment. And we want to create safe, open spaces for you to like fully be yourself and show up as you are, come as you are, is one of the things that really matters to us as a community, as a brand. And I think if you're building something and you have the socials to back it up, you know, put that out there and you'd be surprised how many people show up in their truest and most organic ways. Have you raised money or has this been all self-funded and organic? Yeah, we were bootstrapped until early 2023. So a full 10 years of that's amazing bootstrapping this business. Um, fundraising went from a place of um, like it, it was the perfect timing because I would have said that heading into 2022, we never needed to be fundraised. Like we were like totally fine. Now, granted, there were months where it was like, you know, borrowing from here to put over here and really just being intentional. We've used creative lending opportunities. We've had great relationships with our banks um, and we've been able to be funded through that. But I remained 100% owner and wanted to stay that way until I eventually exited the business one way or another. But then like opportunity struck in that I met someone who was a family office and was really into what we were doing. And I felt that instant connection that I hadn't felt with any other opportunity that had come across our desk. And at the same time, we, the business took a, not a, not a downturn, but like, it was just, you know, how like the conflagration of all the things, like it was the end of 2022, (laughs) excuse me. I was newly pregnant out of like the clear blue sky after a fertility journey with my first. Um, And we were getting to a place of like, wow, we actually could use the money now. So it worked out perfectly. We gave up a very small percent and got a a small investment, Um, but it helped, it helped us, it helped buoy the business a little bit through uh, this year. And um, that's kind of it. We don't have many plans for raising again until that final exit, whenever that might be. Today's episode is brought to you by Hivecast, an amazing agency providing high-quality podcast production made simple and affordable. I hit the jackpot when I came across Hivecast. As I pieced together services from contractors all over the web initially to help me with my podcast, Hivecast was everything that I needed all in one place. For just $500 per month, they not only produce and edit four episodes, but they also create the marketing assets. Emma, my account manager, is amazing, making sure that I'm on task and that we can schedule episodes regularly and by my deadlines. 
Honestly, the time saved working with Hivecast is worth at least triple what I'm paying. Their sister company, Fireside, offers other marketing services for small businesses, including social media management, Facebook and Instagram ads, search engine marketing, and so much more. Again, all at a rate palatable by a small business owner. The best part, there's no contract. You can purchase their services as needed on a monthly basis. Use the code FOUNDHER and save 50% off your first month of services. Give them a try. The decision to outsource this part of my business has surely saved me a ton in the long run, and it was the best decision I've made for my business. Okay, let's talk about Target because Target is really you know, a holy grail for most businesses. Yeah. And I told you before we got on this, even my own business, which was not even a product, it was a community. And when Target reached out and wanted a partnership, of course you make it happen because Target helps put you on the map. And that's how I sold my company. Like I sold my company because the company who bought me wanted my baby relationship with Target. So how did this happen for you? Yeah. Target is such an incredible partner. Um, we've been so lucky to have incredible relationships. We've been building incredible relationships with our buying team. Um, we have an incredible relationship with our broker. So to get into Target as a product, I mean, you pretty much have to have a broker. It's almost impossible to just kind of knock on the door yourself. So we did. We worked with we work with a company called Bluebird Group, um, and they are incredible. And they have really helped us shape the business with Target. They've facilitated many of the conversations with our buyer. Um, our buyer, who we had for the past two years, has been so lovely and really intentional around meeting with us regularly and getting to know the brand and really heard me when I said, look, I want to be on target shelves, but I want an end cap. I want my brand associated with it. I want it to have a full storytelling around it. We need a website. We need to keep it at the pricing. We have to stick to our map pricing. It cannot go lower than our regular price because it is a product that already is fighting the uphill battle of, you know, anything that would make it feel cheap. So we can't cheapify it in any way, shape or form. And they played ball. I mean, I think it's a testament to the brand that was been had been built and that our community was helping to support and lift up in that we really had a nice footprint when we started the conversation digitally and also in um, IRL at our various wholesale uh, partners, one of which was Tar- uh, Nordstrom at the time. And that really has been like a feeder program, if you will, into Target for many brands. Um, that's so funny because we started a program with Nordstrom too first. Yeah. They look at, I think they do look to Nordstrom and those big dogs, right. As, as examples of what's possible. And if you can stand up a program with Nordstrom, you can probably stand up a program with target. And I think that's something they look to too, because they could love you and you could have the best idea ever, but it's an infrastructure overhaul. I mean, at some point you need entire logistics teams just to navigate your target business and making sure that your POs are landing on time and that your product is coming in from, you know, the factory and getting into the shelves and so on and so forth. There's so much that goes into it. Um, but yeah, you know, we I was really grateful and remain very grateful. I mean, of course, there's room for improvement of our displays. And, you know, we we haven't had the best track record with some of our um, the, the doors having the display set as we were promised and as they should be set. But I don't fault Target for that. I think it's a it's a massive. Yeah, it's a massive company and a massive undertaking. And there's so many, like I think about my own brand and I'm like, oh my gosh, how much needs to go right for it to go right. (laughs) And it must, you know, I can only imagine what it's like at 
an infrastructure as large as Target. So what has being in Target done for your business? I think it's opened a lot of doors that um, maybe prior to would have opened, but not as easily. I think it would have taken a lot more like muscle to to get through some of these doors with some of our partners. Um, I think it's just the name is so reputable that it's really enabled us to um, expand our our footprint in whether it be other wholesale partners, whether it be um, our own retail journey. I think most of the time we have people coming into our stores that they say they they heard about us or saw us for the first time in Target. So it's really been the biggest distribution we could have ever asked for. Um, and vice versa, you know, to kind of close the loop on that story about it not being perfectly set everywhere. It's also enabled us to have a really great dialogue with our community. And we've gotten our customers accustomed to going into targets if they don't see it set properly, or if it doesn't look like the picture that I share on social, this again goes back to just being transparent. I'll tell, I said, I've put out calls. Like if you're in, if you're near targets, please go in. If you don't see our product set According to this, take a before and after picture, refix it for me, and I'll send you a free stack, right? So we've gotten this opportunity to really expand our community um, engagement and and our our partnership opportunities that have come knocking and our wholesale opportunities that have come knocking, all thanks to that relationship with the big the big guys. So you guys have this incredible partnership with Peloton. It's so synergistic. You have these instructors who are you know, they have these sayings that they say to their own communities. And it, there's, I just could not imagine a better marriage. How did this whole thing go down? So as with, you'd be surprised as with a few of our really awesome partnerships that aren't straight license deals, they approached us. Actually, it was one of those like pinch me moments of business where you were just like, we were like, wait, are we reading this correctly? Is this actually Peloton? Um, and it evolved from, you know, we started with a one drop where it was all like, you know, it was a, a certain cohort of instructors and we went back and forth a little bit. They weren't entirely sure how it was going to land on their community and like if they were going to want it. Meanwhile, we always know like it's going to pop off because at the end of the day, people want these bracelets and they want them to be, be meaningful to themselves and to their own personal journeys. And Peloton is such an integral part of people's lives, um, especially when you identify with your one instructor and one of their catchphrases. So it was just the perfect marriage. That first drop sold out literally in minutes. <laughs> it was like one of the fastest sellouts ever. And our customers... We, and we didn't have it on our website. It was just Peloton facing. So it sold out so quickly that we had to get another batch and we did a huge run on that second batch and it's still sold out. And then from there, now we actually recently, they invited us to their offices in the city. Um, my husband, our COO and my VP of product development went and they came back buzzing from that meeting. So excited about all the opportunities to come. So we're definitely not done with our Peloton relationship and there's so much more to come. Um, but it does go to show the importance of aligning with communities that are, you know, they're, they want for something that they can walk away with that speaks to them and, and their overall When you're a part of a community, you want, you are a part of something. And it like, like I said, there couldn't have been, I don't think a better marriage for, for yeah. your brand than, than that. I mean, people who are in the Peloton community are yeah. diehard and 
I, I mean, those bracelets, like everyone was talking about them. I saw yeah, it. You know? It's amazing. And honestly, it's such a kudos to them because, you know, they could make them themselves. Right. And I think that there was a version of the story where they potentially had gone down the road of like the two options, like go at ourselves or should we reach out to this friendship bracelet brand? And they reached out to us. And I just am so grateful to brands who continue to knock on our door to help, uh, like to enable us to do what we're, what we do best for them because our community, our product can be a canvas for yours, right? And for your community. So why not work with the experts, not worry about having to take the undertaking on yourself and going through the logistical nightmare that is even just like figuring out how many E's you need, right? Like it's to that degree, yeah. like minutia details that are hard to navigate. Um, and it's just so, I, I just am so grateful to those companies like Nike and Peloton and people who want to work with us because of what we've built and the brand we've established and that we just are the experts in the field and they, they are leaning into the small business of it all. And it's, it's a, it's a beautiful thing. So let's talk about something huge that happened this year. You're going to, you know what I'm going to ask. I know you're going to ask. So, I mean, Taylor Swift was given your bracelets by NSYNC on the VMAs. So (laughs) how did, I mean, I've seen the video of you, like, I mean, but I want everyone to hear this story because this is like the pinch me moment. Yeah. For your brand, like yeah. the fact that you are friendship bracelets and that's the whole basis of her community. And here we are, she's wearing your bracelet. So walk us through this. Oh my gosh. I know it was the pinch me moment of 2023. Um, and it was just, it was a whirlwind. I, I, you know, so to walk you through, we had Mariah, who is my longest and oldest standing employee. She has become our like head of VIP relations. She is just, she's got away with the, these, these community builders. Um, and she went to a, um, Aaron Carter benefit event last year, became friendly with Lance and Lance's team. Fast forward to the LA concert that Taylor had. Lance reached out to us. He wanted to hand out our bracelets at the concert because obviously the concerts took on a life of their own with the friendship bracelet. And there was a point in time where I was like, ah, how's this going to land? And is it going to take over? What's going to happen? It ended up being a net positive for us um, in that the category lifted and everybody got excited about the product and we just became the premier version. Um, But it was so cool that Lance, who loves our mission, loves our concept, really identifies with what we're trying to create as far as a community of kindness that he wanted it to be our product that he passed out. So we went through the journey. In fact, we had to, that was another story. The package got lost. He couldn't get them in time from our HQ. So his manager went to a local Target. So Target hooked us up there and bought them out basically so that he could go with hundreds of bracelets to this concert. So again, just a little, another amazing Target opportunity door opening. Um, And then fast forward to the VMAs. It's two days before the, no. It was, yeah, two days before the VMAs, Mariah gets uh, a text at like 5 p.m. Hey, may need you to do something for Lance tomorrow. Stay tuned. The next day comes again, a 5 p.m. text. Lance wants to give your bracelets to Taylor on the stage when he hands her her award if she wins. This was, it was not concrete. And he's like, I want this moment. I want to try to capture it, but we're not sure if it's going to happen. Like there were so many pieces that need to, that needed to align for it to happen. Yeah. Um, and 
the team mobilized. It was after hours. We had no on-site beaters. We had, we could not get it manufactured next door. He wanted all custom. So Mariah, who started as an original beating manufacturer for me, right? 10 years, seven years ago, she started making bracelets. Her and my lead designer who makes bracelets, they stayed till like 10 PM. They made bracelets for like, everybody got bracelets that night. It wasn't just Taylor. That was just the only one to film. Like Nicki Minaj had a stack, like all the different artists um, that Lance personally put in orders for. And it was, you know, obviously the moment happened and the next day Mariah meets up with Lance in the city. He, she physically hands him the product. So people were like, how do you know they're yours? And I'm like, well, because Lance is in our message. Like Lance is in our text. <laughs> no. <laughs> and Mariah handed them over. We got that on film. And luckily we were smart enough to capture this all in the moment. Cause we knew that the community would want to see our reactions. Um, and long story short, it happened. We put that video up. It got millions of views still is going viral as we speak. And it got us so many eyeballs that it, we had no intention of selling any product that was associated with it. We just were like, okay, we'll get this done. The second we saw the reaction of the videos, we were like, oh crap, we better get something live so that the customer could have what Lance gave her. And so that's all we did. We popped up the braces that we know he handed to, to Taylor. Um, and yeah, it was a whirlwind. And ever since then, I think similar to how Target opened doors, being adjacent to Taylor Swift during that hype of the friendship bracelet movement and the VMAs really helped with a lot of the media opportunities we got. You are a testament to of of the notion of just keep going. <laughs> you know? I mean, yeah. because 10 years is a long time, right? Like yeah. You know, you've, it's not like this was overnight and no. you definitely, you know, we've talked about a lot of the good and, you know, I know that there were bumps in the road and I, you know, I heard you say, you know, a few minutes ago, you know, there were months that we would borrow Peter to pay Paul, you know, I mean, yeah. every small business owner has been there, but you Especially have bootstrapping. Yeah. And, but you have stuck with this and, and it has paid off. Yeah. No, thanks so for saying that. It's so true. It's such a, it's, it is a testament to to just keep going and, you know, one foot in front of the next and just keep beating, as we say. Um, and one of the things that actually inspired me to 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 do that and to be that way was actually um, a, a How I Built This podcast episode um, with James Dyson, where he talked about inventing the new type of vacuum, right? And he was going through his journey of inventing it. And he knew there were other competitors on his heels and they were all on the same journey. And every time he felt like giving up, he knew other people on the journey would probably give up. And so he knew that every time he felt it, someone else was feeling it and they might fall off until the point where he's the only one working on it. Right. And that's kind of how I look at our journey with Little Words Project. Like, not that we're successful by default, but we were the first movers. We did figure out a lot of the pitfalls early and continue to ahead of the game. And we just keep going. We keep putting one foot in front of the next and these opportunities have come. We have a lot of parallels, Adriana, <laughs> because I started this podcast because of an episode I heard on how I built this with the founders of SoulCycle. Oh and gosh. one of them said, there's no blueprint for selling a business. That was what they said. And I agreed wholeheartedly. And it was literally right as I had sold my business. But there's yeah. also no blueprint for founding a business. Right. And that's why I share these stories because every story is so different. Yeah. So it's interesting that you and I have both found 
you know, you, you and I have both found, you know, a lot of, um, similarities, you know, and also just the push from, from Guy Raz. And I think he does an amazing, amazing job. So good. Yeah. He's so good at telling those stories. I have two more quick questions. I want to be mindful of our time. Sure. Um, Okay. So the first question is, what would you tell a teenage, teenage girl right now who's, who's being bullied? I mean, you were bullied and that's really a big part of your story and it's a big problem. And I am the mom of two girls who are, you know, that age and you have built a brand to really combat that. But what would you tell the girls now or even yourself Mm. over that age? Keep going. I think that is such a poignant, I love that you perceive that about me and about this brand and about that's the energy I want to give off because that is what I've done my whole life is even when the going got tough, I just kept going. And I think that's something that young girls need to know and need to hear that it does get better on the other side. And when you're in it, it feels impossible. Like you're never going to get through it. But if you just keep putting one foot in front of the next and you keep believing in yourself and loving on yourself and leaning into the people who love you and fill your cup and like, just keep going with that energy. You will get there and you'll look back and you'll learn and understand why you went through what you went through. Right. I'm notoriously made fun of for quoting this quote at every possible chance I get, but I, my favorite quote is by Steve Jobs, who's like also my idol. And he says, you cannot connect the dots looking forward. You can only connect them looking backwards. So you have to keep going and trust that the dots will connect in the future. And that is such a, real sense. Like that is just the most accurate thing. You like, we can both look back on certain things in our lives. So we're like, okay, that's why that had to happen. And that's why that that had to happen because it led to X. But unless you keep going, you'll never be able to, you'll never be given the gift of hindsight. And hindsight is everything in making you feel and feeling better about the life that you've led. Right. So yeah, I think it's just, you got this, keep going, you'll get there and love yourself as hard as you can. Thanks for sharing that. And then the last question I ask everyone is what are three actionable tips that you would give a female founder who's just starting? Ooh. Oh my gosh, there's so many. Um, Believe in yourself. I know that's like not that actionable, but like it kind of is. Let's think about ways that we can do that, right? You can start journaling and manifesting, like putting down pen to paper. Like I will will run a million dollar business. I will sell my business for... $20 $20 million, whatever it is, start writing that down. And the act of doing that is telling yourself, the universe, God, whatever you believe in, that you believe in yourself and that it is possible. Um, I think believing in yourself is half the battle, frankly, because if you don't, no one else will. Um, so that's first. And then um, just start, whatever it is. If it's If you've got an idea, get the Instagram account, get the handle. Look on the USPTO.gov and see if the name is taken. Uh, Call an accountant just to ask a few questions. Just start somewhere. Just ask the questions that you have, whether it be reaching out to a founder. Um, I know I'm I'm an open book. If you want to reach out to me, I actually have set office hours on Fridays that I give 15 minute um, intervals to anyone who wants to take up that time and ask me any question that they have. Um, And, you know, just lean on the people that might have more knowledge than you start, just start somewhere. Um, And then third would be 
learn, learn as much as you can. It's kind of like 2A or 2B. Um, listen to these podcasts, listen to other stories of founders, of people who have gone you know, the distance or people who are doing something in the field you want to be in and let them be expansive for you. Let them make you think it's possible. And anything that you do that continues to exercise the muscle of self-belief and continues to get you to a place where you actually, I'm going to say it again at the risk of sounding redundant, believe that it's possible is going to make a difference for you. Um, because to the flip side, if you're brain doesn't trust and believe that it is going to happen for you, why would your body move in that direction, right? Like you have to get your brain there first. And once it's there, things start to fall into place and you start to just, you just, it's, it becomes a moving train that you can't get off, even if you wanted to. Um, and there will be times where you want to, <laughs> but you got to just keep on, right? Keep going and, and you'll get there. Adriana Kerrig, founder and CEO of Little Words Project. Thank you so much for your time today and for sharing so much information with us. I know that our community is going to just eat up your story as I have, and it has been such a pleasure. Thank you, Lindsay. I'm so happy to be here. Don't forget, you can get your hands on some Little Words Project of your own as we celebrate three seasons of Dear Founder and our 200th episode, this one that aired today. Three winners are going to get prize packages filled with some of my favorite female-founded brands. So make sure that you leave a rating and review and upload it to the form linked in the show notes, dearfoundher.com slash season three. Now, for something new to conclude our episodes, I'm going to leave you with my number one takeaway from every conversation. Adriana Kerrig had so many amazing nuggets of info today, but my favorite actionable takeaway other than to just keep going is to capture it all. Adriana's team had the wherewithal to capture the entire Taylor Swift gift giving episode from conception to handoff to Adriana and her team watching and reacting a video that's now gone viral, reaching millions of viewers and generating a ton of sales in the process. Content is key. So make sure that you are capturing everything, even the behind the scenes moments that maybe in the moment you think aren't going to go anywhere, but one day can give you this kind of moment too. Thank you so much to Adriana for being here today for celebrating our 200th episode and the opening of season three with all of us. And thank you to all of you for joining our conversation. If you know someone who we should meet, send them our meet a founder link, which is linked in the show notes. We'll introduce them to our community on our social media and our website later this year. But for now, thank you so much for listening and thank you for being here. Have a great rest of the week and we'll see you again on Tuesday.